This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is the stinking truth. Like you ready to hunker down and talk about these games? Yeah, I am. I well, am let's ready. just go. Let's go right in order. Let's start okay. on the Saturday games. We start with Houston and Baltimore. Um, I, I'm curious, uh, the effect of the bye. Okay, now Baltimore, San Francisco, mm. we'll get to them in a second. The the teams with the bye, we, we've seen some mixed results over the years. Sure. With teams with the bye. The teams that struggle coming off the bye get upset after the bye. Is, is there a common thread that you think ties it together? Well, I, I mean, I think I think that for me, and I've I've been one of those teams that got upset off a of bye, so I, I know what that feels like. Um, sometimes, like I think there's a couple of different things that can happen to you, and I usually focus on the offensive side of the ball. That's what I played, but I think that's what it affects the most. Like, because defense, let's be let's be honest, you can be dumb and play defense, right? You you can't be dumb and play offense. It's just the way it works. Everybody knows it. Just be done with it, all right? I have I have spoken it. I It's decreed. That's what happens. Dumb guys play on the defensive side. Smart guys play on the offensive Why side. Why can you be dumb and play defense? Because all you got to do is pin your ears back and go. Like, just go. Like, there's not a whole lot of thinking to it. Let's like, just go. Let's go run around fast, and it's all reactionary. <laughs> it's all athletic, and those guys are incredible athletes, and I'll give them their props and their credit. But they can be dumb and play that side of the ball. Okay. Offensively, there is a rhythm to playing offense. There is a timing to playing offense. There is a there, there is a a structured chaos to playing offense that requires you to play. And ultimately, I think one of the things that happens to teams is they get into this bye week, you know, it's the rust versus rest and that's probably a little cliché, but what ends up happening depending upon how you practice, depending on how you go about your business, um, if there's not an urgency, if there's not a tempo, if there's not an execution that is required on the offensive side of the ball in practice, and it's hard to get it in practice or it's hard to maintain it in practice if you're not playing in games. And the thing that scares me about both Baltimore and San Francisco is week 18 they were locked up. So week 18 a lot of their guys didn't play. So it's not just a one-week buy, it's a two-week buy. And now I will say this about San Francisco, and I know this because I played for Mike Shanahan, Kyle's father, is the pace of practice with which they play is different. Did you see the stuff with Javon Hargrave? And I know we're talking about Houston and Baltimore, mm-hmm. but did you see the stuff with Hargrave, who was with the Philadelphia Eagles and went to San Francisco to play with the, the 49ers? 
He said, man, the practice here compared to what we did in Philly is night and day, essentially, and I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. But there is something to that, the way you prepare, the way you practice. I, I played for Mike Shannon, and there were times where I got into the game and I thought the game was a slower pace than what we practiced at. Even though we weren't in pads, you know, we were shells. Maybe we maybe did, you know, Thursdays we did some some one-on-one stuff and some some hitting in nine-on-seven and some, some you know, some real football stuff. Then we took our shoulder pads off. And we were just flying around. Um, full speed, 100%, just no collisions. And so, uh, but, you know, on the line of scrimmage, it was all, it was just like, there was no difference, but you were just playing at a, at right. a pace. So that always scares me a little bit. The one thing I love about John Harbaugh and his football teams is they are old school in that they dominate both lines of scrimmage, both defensively and offensively. And anytime you're out of rhythm, even if you're out of sync a little bit in the passing game, if you can run the football, I always say this, you can't pass yourself into a rhythm. It's really hard. So what you want to do is you want to get fat, you want to get big, you want to condense formations, and you want to bludgeon people when you're out of rhythm. You make people get out of that too high shell. You make people bring down an extra defender to defend the run. That way you get access to the outside. You get free access, one-on-one situations on the outside. That's how you get yourself back into a rhythm. The thing I love about Baltimore is they can win both lines of scrimmage, and that's what, what sets them apart. The other thing they have is they have speed – you know, there's so many teams now that that devalue the linebacker position, Mike. They've got great speed in Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith at the linebacker position. Why is that important? Well, one, you walk up and you mug an offensive lineman, meaning you walk up head up head on that guy or in the gap. You mug him. You you're you're standing there at the at the snap. What does that make us do as an offensive line? Do you know? No. It makes us call man. Okay. So if we're in a slide protection, now we have to go, when that guy walks up, we have to have some form of man. So it's 5-0. Our five against your five. So when that happens, what do you create? You create one-on-ones up and down the line of scrimmage. We take you as a defense out of slide protection. Well, what do you have to have to make that effective? You got to have linebackers get flat out run that have rockets up their asses, right? Because when you bail out of that son of a bitch, you got to get to 12 yards deep in your hook zone, or or you got to get out and, and cover a guy who's running a slant, or cover a guy who's going to run a seam. And you got to do it from inside or at the line of scrimmage. So you better have dudes that can flat run. So they have the ability to create one on ones for their defensive linemen and still play zone behind it. It gives them an advantage, and it's part of the front seven, part of the ability to, you know, really dictate and dominate on the defensive end of the ball. So they've got those type of players. And then ultimately, one of the things about Lamar that has been exceptional this year is his ability to make free runners miss. He's always had that ability. And to extend a play, but where normally in the past he would have made a free runner, you design a blitz, you get a free runner – Whew, guys coming clean. San Francisco did it in that game that they lost 33-19. They probably had five or six free runners at, at Lamar. Exactly zero of them made a play on Lamar. He made a miss, and then instead of just taking off like he used to and getting yards with his feet and putting himself in harm's way, 
He's extending it, holding it, holding it, holding it, holding it. Four or five seconds, boom, throws it down the football field and makes a play. So if I'm Houston, I'm like, we are going to cage rush this son of a gun, right? We're going to keep four guys in there. We're not going to try. We're just going to try to condense the pocket and make Lamar beat us throwing, you know, layered routes, throwing against seven and eight man zones. And we're just not going to let him extend plays and beat us that way. So the, the storyline around Lamar Jackson, fair or unfair? One and three in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. 56% completion percentage in these playoff games. Mm-hmm. Only three touchdown passes and five interceptions. Last playoff game he played was in 2020. Is, I guess, first of all, how do you explain his playoff struggles? And do you think they carry any weight in, in right. this matchup? Well, one, they're playing against better, better, you know, you get in the playoffs, you're playing against really good teams. Two, I think in his past, and and I've been critical. Not, I wouldn't say I was critical. I was just honest with his ability to beat you from the pocket, his ability to throw against layered, like layered concepts against zones, um, especially that, if he fell behind. Yes, right. especially if he fell behind. So, um, you know, you took him, you took him out of what they did in their previous offense. All the zone read stuff. All the, you know, if you split the. F- field in half they'd get a motion they get something else and all of a sudden with the quarterback run stuff and the design quarterback run you get you know six on four kind of from a blocking scheme because the quarterback becomes a a runner so you had these advantages but when that stuff got shut down Lamar had a tough time beating people out of the pocket now we're going to see right because they still do a lot of that stuff they're still just exceptional Um, you know they've got tight ends that can block people they've got a fullback that is an absolute beast at 6'4", 315 in, um, in uh, oh, shoot. Ricard. Yeah, Ricard. Patrick Ricard. Mm-hmm. Um, they're really they're really good that way. And so, like, again, I just go back and look at the film that I've looked at. If I am playing, like, if I'm the Houston Texans, I am saying, guys, we're not going to bring pressure. We're going to play a lot of zone stuff, and we're going to stay in our lanes, and we're going to just try to squeeze the pocket like an anaconda and make him beat us that way. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Watching Houston, impressive win against Cleveland. Uh But they were at home. And Houston this year, it's been kind of a tale of two teams, two quarterbacks in C.J. Stroud, Mm -hmm. home and away. They're out on the road this week. What did you take from their performance against the Browns that make you feel makes you feel confident or maybe not so confident going into Baltimore? Yeah, I think there's a couple of things for me. Defensively, um, they're two edge guys, Grenard and Anderson. You want to talk about just young studs yeah. on the edge, just setting edges. They play, they play with effort. 
and physicality that you don't see a lot of young guys play with. And their whole defense plays that way. They've taken on the personality of D'Amico Ryans. Um, and that that whole system, you're going to come from San Francisco, that whole system is about keep it simple, stupid, let's fly around, let's make plays, and let's consistently you know, win the battle of physicality. That's what they do on the defensive side of the ball, and they're they're pretty damn good at it. And you saw eventually, even in a close game, eventually the pressure got to Joe Flacco. He throws one up, 70-whatever yards for a touchdown or whatever it was on the pick six, and then he comes right back, you know, right back out and just um, just eye-humps a linebacker, right? Just like, oh, and that linebacker just jumps on one in front. and <laughs> Eye-humps? Yeah. I mean, eye-humps? Yeah. Just, I love that. Yeah, right? So he's got his humps. My humps. My humps. My lovely lady bumps. Uh, yeah, he just totally eye-humped I the hump, guy. Eye-humping, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, he eye-humped his receiver and the, yeah. the linebacker. I should say eye-humped his receiver, and the linebacker just was like, oh, really? Any sound effects that go with that eye-hump? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, he may, I apologize, yeah. America. I mean, no, I mean, he's just like, he's just totally like eye-screwing the guy, yeah. right? And right. so, I mean... <laughs> Okay. He's like that's even better. Yeah, it's wompy even more jaw. He's like he's wompy jawed yeah. on him. <laughs> you know, you you know. Women would like their husbands to look at them the way that Joe, Joe Flacco was looking at his, his intended <laughs> receiver, and 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 everybody. You're the you only now. one. All right, we you're got the only now. one in the bar that doesn't recognize right. that you're being like you're being <laughs> leery. You know, you're like. You're the only one in the bar that doesn't realize. Everybody else looks at you and goes, dude, yeah, yeah. pull your tongue back in. Right, 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 right. right. So, anyhow, that's what he did <laughs> to his good. receiver. And the <laughs> linebacker just jumps it and 36 yards for a touchdown, and the rest is history. Um, but that's, you know, that's the way they play. And then offensively, let's face it, I mean, C.J. Stroud threw 21 times. Um, I, I just, again, I've given him so many props, and I'll just continue to give him props. He's got an old soul. Uh, he is just so mature, and he plays from the pocket exceptionally well, understands what he wants to do, where he wants to go, and he's got an ability from the pocket to make off-platform accurate throws. And I think the thing I loved about him most doing a couple of Houston games this year was his lack of concern when things break down when he scrambles, he scrambles to throw or to throw it away. Like, that's what he does. Now, he'll he'll scramble and get a first down if it's wide open or whatever, but that's kind of the maturity level that he has. They haven't been a great run team, but let me just tell you, Nico Collins can flat-out play. Mechie has become, you know, legit. Brevin Johnson, big time. Dalton Schultz, big time. Like, they, they don't run the ball as effectively or as efficiently as they would like to. Or Brevin Jordan, I think. Did I say Brevin Jordan? Yeah, Brevin Jordan, yeah. Yeah, uh, so um, I may have said his name wrong. But but they, Robert Woods, Robert Woods is one of the best. Nobody talks about Robert Woods. Robert Woods is not only a complete player, but Robert Woods helps them. He, he If they want to play 11 personnel but want to run out of 11 personnel, he becomes like an extra like an extra wide receiver. So it's it's like what the Rams call 11.5 personnel. They used to run it with Robert Woods. Well, he can become like a tight end. He is a tough son of a gun. Um I love him as a fo- he's just a football player. So they've got they've got a ton of weapons. They could have put a they, they'll put a ton of pressure on people. So we'll get to the picks uh, against the spread 
here at the end, but who do you like to win the game? Um, I like Baltimore. I like Baltimore at home. I like their defense, um, the pressure they put on people, and um, I just like their I like their ability to physically to wear you out, and and then obviously the Lamar just off schedule stuff.